five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. on the internet. All right. A little uh, Alex Chilton in the box tops. The letter. The boy genius, Alex Chilton. How old was he when he made that? About 16 years old? Maybe 17? Uh, Huge hit. And it, I played it because, it, well, it was an airplane theme. And, of course, we're having an absolute clusterfuck with planes. It's not just Southwest. The entire computer system for the FAA has gone down. We'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, as you can see, I have a, I have a plane coming out of my head uh, in, the, uh, in the green screen portion. You know, finding that track was because I, I go through a process sometimes of you know what I want to play, and I started off with really wanting to play a uh, work to do by the Isley Brothers, which is a great song. I'm like, yeah, we got a Virgo moon, we got work to do, right? And I went through YouTube. And all I could find was uh, recordings of the Isley Brothers singing the song. There was a 20-second clip of them on Soul Train playing that live. And that was it, 20 seconds. And then there was uh, somebody had put together a video where the quality of the music was really good. But the video was basically a montage of like all these different office spaces <laughs> i appreciated it and the and the, the the sound quality was excellent but i couldn't i just couldn't listen to that song and watch about three and a half minutes of office spaces it wasn't that inspiring so then i kind of cruised through the Isley brothers catalog well maybe there's something here Maybe maybe I could play one of their other, one of their other tunes. Who's that lady? Right. Lots of hits with the Isley Brothers. And I didn't really see anything that was really grabbing me. There was a, a Jackson Five version of Work to Do. It was kind of a pastiche montage of different clips and then them singing the song i'm like eh, it's okay and then i found you know because youtube will 
said, well, why don't you try this? So I found this track of, it was, I think it might've been on the Ed Sullivan show. You, you can almost always tell when performers are on the Ed Sullivan show because the picture quality is nearly perfect. And everything is live. It's not lip synced. So I found this uh, piece of music called Double O Soul, which was, I think, written by Edwin Starr. That was, you know, during the, the big James Bond frenzy, the spy frenzy, 007. So Billy Preston in this kind of lime green suit playing with Ray Charles's band on the Ed Sullivan show does his version of double O soul. And I'd never seen Billy Preston dance before. I'm like, man, this dude can dance. And then I looked at his face and I thought to myself, where have I seen that face before? This is a young version of Billy Preston. So he doesn't have the big fro. I'm like, that looks like Keith David. And Keith David, of course, uh, an actor who's played in a number of Oliver Stone movies. If you saw Keith David, you'd recognize him. So I, I, I thought to myself, okay, could Billy Preston somehow be the father of Keith David? And I, and again, you know, we get into this weird kind of celebrity birth trip, and and I'm like, man, couldn't you know? It might be not too far afield. So I went into uh, Billy Preston, and I've always liked Billy Preston's music. He's insanely talented. And then I went into his uh, wiki, and I started to go through his wiki. This is all before the show, right? And I didn't realize how fucked up Billy Preston was. Like, that dude had, had real problems. You know, unfortunately, the problems were resulting from, you know, to fill in the blank, sexual abuse when he was a child. It's way more common than we understand. I wonder, I wonder what the percentage of the population is that's been sexually abused or molested as children. I'd venture to say maybe half, maybe higher. That was his issue. And um, he was, he struggled with his sexuality um and finally decided well i'm gonna i'm gonna explore relationships with women right and this is when he's living in la and he's doing a lot of collaboration with sly stone who is his astrological opposition billy preston was a virgo and sly stone is a pisces so at that time billy preston um started to date, I think, what's her name? Katie Silva. So they, they, they were having a relationship. This is Billy Preston, like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to explore the straight world, the heterosexual world. And then what happens? He comes home and finds Sly Stone in bed with her, right? I mean, literally opens the door, and there they are. And that flipped Billy Preston out. Sent him into a tailspin. And of course, Sly Stone makes a big fucking deal out of it and decides that he's going to get married at Madison Square Garden. That was televised, by the way. I think it was on, in concert. 
And then Billy Preston descends into this very dark place. Cocaine abuse, alcohol abuse. And then he winds up going to like a Home Depot to pick up a 16-year-old Mexican day laborer, brings him back to his place in Malibu, um, smokes coke, so they're, they're, they're smoking crack or freebasing or whatever, starts showing him pornographic movies, and then tries to put the moves on the kid, and the kid's like, you know, I'm out of here. So the police showed up, uh, Preston was arrested, uh, the charges were dropped, he had to enter rehab, so he was really fucked up. I never knew that about Billy Preston. Never knew he struggled with a lot of that stuff. So I'm like, I can't play the song. As much as it's entertaining and interesting, I can't play the song. So I decided, well, what songs have Airplane in them? Steve Miller. Mm. Oh, Alex Chilton. And the box tops, the letter. And that's how we got there. The long, circuitous journey from the Isley brothers to Alex Chilton with a stop at Billy Preston and Slam Stewart, who was also part of that story, which I didn't tell you about along the way. How is everybody? Um, welcome to another edition, 15 Minutes of Flame. Uh, we had a nice little rousing astro weather report over on youtube this morning if for some reason you're uh coming from youtube welcome to the show i appreciate you being here and we're going to talk about a number of different things today the davos army apparently there are five thousand members of the swiss army that are there to guard uh the yearly get-together led by the world economic forum and we're going to take a little a little bit of a glance at what the World Economic Forum is talking about this year. You know, they're, they're always telling you what they're going to do. I kind of like the plane coming out of my head. It's kind of interesting. It's, it's like, an you know, it's like an interesting kind of strange headdress thing. Feels very Atlantean. So we're going to take a look at that today. Also, the big news is that flights are down. You know, the FAA and their computer system is um, not doing what it's supposed to. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And I posted that over on, on Twitter. At least, you know, astrologically, we've got Mars retrograde in Gemini. Hello. And it's going, it's getting ready to station. Uh, so astrologically, that's in the mix. But there are other reasons why we saw what happened with Southwest and what we're seeing now with the FAA. I'm going to get into some of that today. And um, of course, there's, there's always uh, more casualties in the uh, jab space. And uh, there was one, I think it happened either yesterday or the day before, Another athlete, football player, Army, down and out for the count. What's interesting now is that the uh, the Army, uh, the Pentagon said, ah, you don't have to get jabbed. 
So how many servicemen and women tapped out or forced the Army or the Navy or the Air Force or whatever one of the armed forces were, forced their hand and said, you're out? I don't know the exact number, but they're there, right? So what did they do? Well, they got rid of a whole group of people that don't follow orders uh, all the way to the point of a needle. I mean, you're in the army, in the, in the, the military, you're going to get shots. You're going to get lots of shots. Uh, that's just, that's the way they roll, right? You sign up for that. They tell you to roll up your sleeve. You get it, right? But this is different. This was an experimental, not even a vaccine. It's a technology. That's what they're injecting into people. They're injecting the technology. And that's a whole different line, whole different line to cross. And a lot of uh, servicemen and women opted out. So now all of a sudden the Pentagon says, you don't have to get vaccinated. Almost a day after this player for the army, which we're going to look at, uh, dropped dead. So there's that on the table. And there's there's a lot. There's 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 a lot going on right now. I mean, we're we're really in this period of of you know kind of warp and flux, right? Like these systems of control are, are really trying to establish themselves, you know, the order ab chow, you know, out of chaos order, right? They're really trying to establish themselves. But what's happening on the on the other side of this, the back end, is that the chaos has become almost too much to handle and too much to control. And now people are really connecting lots of dots. Like the dots are right here. They're right in front of their face. I mean, and these are things that if you have, you know, followed this show on this channel or YouTube, um, you know that we've been talking about this from day one. Day one, we were on the case and pulling this thing apart. And, you know, all along the way, and I remember, and I was one of the few people to actually talk about the death of Sam Ellinger's brother who was playing football at the university university of Texas played linebacker and on the way home or he was going somewhere off campus walking. He just drops dead, just drops dead. And I remember seeing that I'm like, this is insane. This is a young man in great physical condition. He didn't drop dead on the field of play. He was walking off campus. And that's almost two years ago now. So we've been tra tracking this really from, from day one. And now it's all starting to catch up. I was watching Jason Whitlock last night. And he... Jason has always, well, from the start, he soft-pedaled the vaccine, which is probably smart. 
know, he was really couching his language and his position in uh, terms that were very balanced, right? Very balanced. So he came at it from more of a wait and see position. And I'm just going to wait and see. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see. And he saw people around him get, get sick. Of course, uh, uncle Jimmy, who was on the show came down with the thing, whatever the thing is twice. And we don't always know, you know, how, how that happens. You know, there seems to be a clear uh, trail between people that have been vaccinated and shedding. And who knows who, you know, Uncle Jimmy was around for long periods of time. You know, did he did he hook up with somebody who didn't tell him um, that he was dead? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And even Jason got a little sick and he got uh, Zelenko's Z-Pack treatment. In fact, Zelenko was like even a sponsor for a show for a while. But he always maintained, Jason always maintained kind of this middle middle of the road leaning into the right, you know, the, 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 the zone of personal choice and freedom. Well, that's all gone now. Last night he was, he was, you know, basically slamming his fist down on his table and, and saying, well, we got to stop this. Right. And the poster child for a lot of the, um, hypocrisy and idiocy is Rachel Maddow who gave, I mean, you, you can watch this. It's all over YouTube. I don't want to play it, but you can watch this, uh, call for people to get vaccinated by Rachel Maddow. And she's so sincere, but there are moments where she almost wants to break out in laughter. You know, she's dipping into the duper's delight, as they say. Just watch her. She's, she's kind of a monster. And he's not, she's not the, I said he, she's not the only one. I mean, they're all on the record. They're now they're all walking it back. You know, even uh, Mr. Little Hat, Ben Shapiro, is kind of walking it back. He's been vaxxed twice. His wife vaxxed and boosted because she's a doctor, so she has to have it, right? And apparently something might have happened to his parents. So he was on his show. I don't watch his show. Jason played the clip. And he, he wasn't apologizing for pushing the vax. But he was, in his own way, kind of kind of walking it back now. This is a guy that, quote, unquote, conservatives listen to. And he reaches millions of people on his uh, terrestrial radio show, which is syndicated. He reaches millions of people uh, through his YouTube channel and through his uh, Daily Wire transmission. So... Shapiro is a major influencer. And he was advocating that people get the jab, right? It, he's not in the Rachel Maddow camp. He's not in the uh, 
Rochelle Wolensky camp. Well, he kind of is. But that's a different camp. Um, so he was pushing it to the conservative base, which I think is incredibly dangerous. And then you just look at all those people that are kind of clustered around him. Not every one of them drank the Kool-Aid. Rogan didn't drink the Kool-Aid. But he did force Alex Jones to take a, a COVID test before he came on to his show to do uh, one of their one of their classic internet mega meltdowns, right? Jordan Peterson took the shot, took it. This is a guy who had a major freaking health crisis. Major health crisis. W was addicted to benzos. It was so addicted to benzos that he wasn't even really functional. And his daughter had to take him out of the country and take him to Russia, where they literally put him in a coma so he could detox from the benzos without losing his fucking mind. That's what, that's what was going on with Peterson. But then he jumps right back into it. And th then he kind of scolds and excoriates people for not taking the damn jab, right? I haven't seen him really walk back. So these were some of the influencers that were on the on the right side of the equation. And now they're having to really stare down what they believed in or pitched, right? So we're going to get into some of that today. Um, let me talk about our sponsor, which is True Hemp Science. And of course, I always start my day with True Hemp Science. And uh, today it was all about the moon dust. Up, oh, the site is under maintenance. That's a mercury retrograde. Well, I'm going to have to just go into the visual here for my website. So this is uh, this is on the 15minutesofflame.com website. And um, this is where I talk about what you can do if you're able to uh, jump in and, and start sampling CBD and using their CBD products to enhance the quality of your life. This is the original post. And if you spend $100 or more you'll get at least $20 worth of product added to your order. And Christopher has known to be overly generous. So um, $20 is the floor. It is not the ceiling. Um, if you spend $150 or more, you'll get free shipping. And again, if you go to truehimscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23, put your order together and use the code 15mins15mins upon checkout, you'll get those free goodies. And it's been great um, seeing Christopher grow and seeing the impact of his products, which are painstakingly crafted, right? Have a positive impact on people that have, um, that have taken them. All right, let me go back to Chattaria and... Um, See how you guys are doing. Do a quick check in here. Why is this? Why is the show not coming up? 
Well, that's problematic, isn't it? But the show's not coming up. Let me see here. Not, there it is. That's weird. Anyway. All right. Let's see who's here. Um, here's my man, Michael, DJ MC. Tom, terrific. TJ's here. Sony's here. Hello, Sony. Nicholas Grimm. Jumping on over from the Astro Weather uh, into the, uh, the he calls it the lobby to the theater. I like that. Uh, Equicentric. Good morning, Equa. Glad you're here. Steve Thor at the door. Checking in. Hucklebuck 411. Double B. Beth Berry. Oh, the box tops. Brings back the first days of my high school freshman year. Not about those box tops must have been good for some drugs. Yeah, you know, they were an interesting group. I mean, they were living in, uh, I think they were in what, Memphis? And they, they, that song was just way ahead of I mean, they're all teenagers for crying out loud. They're teenagers. Really good uh, documentary on Alex Chilton. You can find it somewhere on the uh, internets. C Pines checking in. Hi, C Pines. Uh, let's see. Lisa W. Good morning. Back to you. Uh, who else do we have here? Janine's in the house. PMSO. Good morning, Janine. JJ. JJ and I had a nice little sync today with Albert Hoffman, the star of the day. Happy birthday, Albert Hoffman. Um, let's see. Who else do we have? Miss Nakia. Good morning, Miss Nakia. Licking those tasty Balenciaga boots. <laughs> oh, man. That is funny. Scrubbies. Hi, Tamara. Welcome to the show. Uh, ben from Suspicious Observers. So if you see all flights, it can be a sign of crippling solar flare incoming. I had heard that. Uh, that there was this major X class flare that it either happened or was about to happen. Pear cake. Tamara made a pear cake. I've never heard of a pear cake. Interesting. Kelly B, late to the party. What's going on, Kelly B? She's a Girl Scout cookie dealer. They are really good. Put a link in here. Send me a link. I'll put a link in. We'll buy some Girl Scout cookies from you. How's that sound? They won't be doing cookie shipments until the end of next month. But donate options are available right now. Oh, there it is. Digital cookie Girl Scouts. Right there. If you listen to, uh, to what Rachel Maddow recommends, well, exactly. Conservative base, just as gullible. A little less so than the left, but when they've got all these, all these influencers who are telling them what to do, um, I'd say that more than just a few lined up for it. Let's see, Queen Lisa, you're the queen. You're, you, you can be late when you're the queen. Am I right? I think there's some validity to that. Elizabeth, sir. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome. And uh, East. East. East checking in. Is that uh, Kanye's, Kanye's daughter, East West? 
All right. Um, why don't we start with Davos? Because that's the uh, the headline that is the uh, the thumbnail. And I had this up last night as I was putting everything together. My Albert Hoffman really looks like Steve Jobs. Young Albert Hoffman really looks like Steve Jobs. All right, let's get into uh, Davos 2022. Uh, it, it, the, the agenda, a, a lot of it is... Um, You know, the usual players. I get to reject Davos's call for cookies. That's so empowering. That's my that's my small contribution to resisting the tyranny, rejecting their cookies. So here we go. This is um the annual meeting 2022. So front and center, look at this, how to protect your company from cyber attack, the global cybersecurity outlook at Davos. That's from uh, July of 2022. And I, I hinted um, about this a little bit in the open. So when you go back and look at the whole thing with Southwest, the problem with Southwest wasn't the fact that they did not have enough able bodies to man their flights or woman their flights or person their flights. They did. They had plenty of people. The problem was there was a breakdown in their com computer system and their communication system. And uh, shout out to Rod, who uh, informed me on Saturday that they actually have to make a call for the staff to board a flight. Like this is an FAA regulation. So there is a breakdown between the computer systems and the communication system I mean, they literally have to get a call and, and tell them that it is time to board, right? Them being the, the crew. They weren't getting those calls. And they were there. Like, they had flight crew on site. And had they boarded those planes without this weird little protocol, they would have been in violation of... FAA rules and regulations, Southwest could have been hit with millions of dollars of fines. Millions of dollars of fines. So instead of violating this stupid rule because there was a breakdown between their computer system and their communication system, they opted on the the side the side of not coming into conflict with the FAA. Like we'll deal with the passengers. We'll try to 
mend our relationship with the passengers versus essentially being torpedoed by the FAA for numerous violations of regulations. So that's part of it. The other part are the legacy systems, which I've talked about. And the, if you go back and you look at who built these legacy systems, it's people that are my age, people that are in their 60s, late 50s and early 60s. So we're talking Pluto and Virgo people, right? People who, through their relationship with Virgo, the everyday thing, they transformed the everyday thing. And the, the bulk of things like computers, computer programming, um, these legacy systems were created, built and created by people that are around my age and a little bit older and a little bit younger. So these were people that were trained on, you know, more archaic computer languages like Fortran and COBOL um, and everything that kind of happened after that, right? So in 2020, and then even more to the point in 2021, there were a lot of demands that were placed on people who built those systems to get vaccinated so that they could continue to be safe and not put others at risk. And a lot of them walked away. Because they're edging up on retirement age. Yep, I'll opt out. I am done. I am good. So now you have a large number of the workforce. And by the way, I saw a figure that since COVID hit, that there are 2.5 million less people in the workforce. Think about that. 2.5 million less people in the workforce. And that can be due to a number of reasons. Businesses closing down, small businesses closing down. Um, people just walking away, like these programmers. People being replaced. So for every, and it's really a negative replacement too. So for, for every, let's say three people that are either let go or leave on their own accord, the one person that's left for those three people is doing their job. Because there's a lot of that going on. Right. This has been like these corporations were like, this is great. We get to cut a bunch of people. We get to pare down on our uh, workforce and we get to load a shit ton of work onto people that are still here. And guess what? We'll get compensated for it. That's happening. Right, so 2.5 million jobs have been lost since COVID. And now you have these legacy legacy programmers. And I, I know they played a role in the Southwest Airlines fiasco. 
are they also playing a role in what's happening with the FAA? My sense without doing a lot of digging would be yes. And then even if they did replace them, which I'm sure that um, they attempted to replace some of them, the candidate pool is very different. So first of all, we've got BlackRock. And by the way, Larry Fink is going to, Larry Fink is on the board of the World Economic Forum. Just a little uh, tidbit there. You got Larry Fink and BlackRock and their ESG score. So instead of keeping somebody on who understands the legacy systems for even another three, I mean, those people are, are going to cycle out of the workforce at some point anyway. And unless you bring other people in that they can personally train and get them up to speed so that they understand uh, the systems that they built, it's not it, the, the, the continuation is not going to work, right? There's, there's not going to be any smooth transition, right? So then the, 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 the candidate pool is now dominated by the ESG. It's not even affirmative action anymore. It's like your company is going to be at risk if you don't hire person X, Y, Z. And, and I know for a fact that a lot of companies are hiring people with minimal experience and they're being trained on the job in order to take over some of these roles and functions and that ultimately the people that train them will be replaced by them I, I, this is i mean this is where this thing is at right and a lot of these people who are being put into these positions that are being dictated by ESG score, um, they may not even have any real interest in doing those jobs. They may have a marginal interest. They may see it as, well, I have a job. I have a degree. This is what I went to school for. I don't understand anything that's going on here. What I'd really like to do is make TikTok videos and be involved in fashion, but I'll take this job for now. That's happening, right? So, And then those people, even if they went to a school that specializes in um, engineering, um, technological sciences, et cetera, et cetera, those people are learning from on very different forms of platforms, different types of code. They have no clue how these older systems work. And this gets into Davos. This is, this is where Davos is, right? So the annual meeting for 2022 is a time for four-day work week. You know, we can, we, pe people can barely get anything done with a five-day work week. How do you think a four-day work week is going to work? And this is uh, not factoring in AI. 
Did you know that Davos in Switzerland is the highest town in Europe? But ever since the World Economic Forum brought its annual meeting to the Alpine town, the name resonates with solving the biggest issues facing our world. So literally, they're looking down on the rest of Europe, right? They're at the top of the Capricornian pyramid. They have reached elite status. They have a manifesto. Davos has a manifesto. Davos at the center of world events. Herbert Kohl and the young Klaus Schwab from 1990. Um, and then you have the clerk and Mandela and chief Mogensutu Butelezi talking about, look at Mandela. He's got his fucking hand in his pocket, in his lapel. He's got the hidden hand. Is that a Masonic grip? He's got the hidden hand. A constantly changing agenda at Davos. Of course. So here's the annual meeting for 2023. Cooperation in a fragmented world. Ordo ab chow, order out of chaos. So this takes place next week from the 16th to the 20th. So we're at the uh, tail end of Capricorn, aggressing into Aquarius. The theme of the meeting is cooperation in a fragmented world. The meeting will bring together 2,700 leaders from 130 countries. Under the theme, Cooperation in a Fragmented World, the annual meeting 2023 will bring together more than 2,700 leaders from government, business, and civil society at a pivotal time for the world. So essentially, they have one and a half Swiss soldiers for everybody in attendance there. That's how their numbers work out. Multiple crises are deepening divisions and fragmenting the geopolitical landscape. Well, that's all by design. Problem, reaction, solution. Leaders must address people's immediate critical needs while also laying the groundwork for a more sustainable, resilient world by the end of the decade because they have their Agenda 2030 goals to meet. We see the manifold political, economic, and social forces creating increased fragmentation on a global and national level to address the root causes of this erosion of trust. We need to reinforce cooperation between the government and business sectors. I always thought that was a definition of fascism. Maybe that's a different reality in the Mandela effect. Creating the conditions for a strong and durable recovery. At the same time, there must be the recognition that economic development needs to be more resilient, more sustainable, and nobody should be left behind. 
said Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. The program of the 53rd annual meeting focuses on solutions and public-private cooperation to tackle the world's most pressing challenges. It encourages world leaders to work together on the interconnected issues of energy, climate, and nature, investment, trade, infrastructure, frontier technologies, and industry resilience, jobs, skills, social mobility, and can't leave out health, and geopolitical cooperation in a multipolar world. Special emphasis is on gender and geographical diversity across all sessions. So I guess they had this thing where they realized that only 22% of the participants at the last day of those were women. And they're going to really do their best to rectify that this year. All right, so these are some of the people that are going to be there, the usual suspects. Olaf Scholz, Chancellor of Germany. Ursula von der Leyen, the former housewife, now president of the European Commission, whose relatives and ancestors were at one point in time the largest slaveholders in North America. That's on Wikipedia. I'm not making that up. Uh, Robert Metzola, president of the European Parliament. Yoon suk Yul, president of the Republic of Korea. Cyril M. Ramfosa, president of South Africa. Pedro Sanchez, prime minister of Spain. Alain Berset, president of the Swiss Confederation, 2023. And federal counselor of home affairs, Ilham Aliyev, president of the Republic of Azerbaijan. Alexander Ducroux, prime minister of Belgium. Is there anybody in there from Russia? Question mark. I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, Leo uh, Veritikar, Tau Siege of Ireland. So these are all your global leaders. A lot of third world muscle. John Kerry, of course, will be there. Special Presidential Envoy for Climate of the United States, Avril Haines, U.S. Director of National Intelligence, Martin J. Walsh, Secretary of Labor for the United States, Catherine Tai, United States Trade Representative. So the United States is sending high-level um, suits from the, from the Biden administration. Uh, Christia Freeland, the Deputy Prime Minister, Minister of Finance of Canada, of course, she's going to be there. She's one of Klaus's young global leaders. Christine Lagarde, President of the European Central Bank. And then, of course, you have your um, your internationalists, Antonio Guterres, UN Secretary General. Uh, you've got the uh, head of the World Trade Organization, uh, Ngozi Okonju Awele, Director of General World Trade Organization, Jens Stoltenberg, Secretary General North Atlantic Treaty. So the head of NATO is going to be there. Of course, Tedros Adhanom. Gebrasius, Director General of the World Health Organization, who want to make sure that their business is in your business from sunup to sundown and even in your sleep. So all the heavy hitters are there. Uh, this year will bring about the highest ever business participation at Davos. 
with over 1,500 leaders registered across 700 organizations, including over 600 of the world's top CEOs from the World Economic Forum's members and partners, with top-level representation from sectors such as financial services, energy materials, and infrastructure, information and communication technologies. So what we're looking at here, right, is the implementation now. This is what Davos is sculpting. They're going to bring in all these CEOs to implement a top-down plan across all of these platforms and sectors. This is the last meeting of Davos, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go and check into 2024 with Pluto and Capricorn. It may be the second to last. But this is the last meeting at Davos before the ingress of Pluto into Aquarius. And this is really what these people are about, right? the fourth industrial revolution, you know, their vision of Pluto and Aquarius has been communicated. I think pretty clearly to most people are paying attention. It is not a decentralized version of Pluto and Aquarius. It is distinctly top-down in one model for all, with the exception, of course, them. Leaders from civil society taking part in the meeting include all these people, I'm not going to bore you with their names, but they range from uh, Gavi uh, to uh, Transport Workers Federation, Uni Global Health Union, um, the Association for Indigenous Women and Peoples of Chad. There's some heavy hitters. Uh, we've got the Secretary General Religions for Peace, Center for Civil Liberties the International Rescue Committee, uh, Fridays for Future Movement. There's somebody from the Sri Sri Ravi Shankar a Foundation, founder of the Art of Living. So get injecting it with some uh, new age spirituality. And then of course, we have 160 of the forums, civic-minded young leaders will join us as members of our Global Shapers young global leaders, and social entrepreneurs. This is what you call grooming. They're, they're grooming the younger generation to basically carry things out, right? And to move them up the ranks. And if, you know, when you're young, I was young once, when you're young, Most young people, unless they've been completely tainted and broken, have a sense of idealism. That's part of being young. Theoretically, right? Your life is before you. All these things are, are available. You want you want to, if you are, have a conscience, you want to put your energy into the world to make it a better place for other people. So they get these young people who are fueled by idealism and then they, you know, sit around smoking the hopium. But it's the World Economic Forum's version of hopium. 
but they're being indoctrinated into the 21st century's new religion for all intents and purposes. They got arts and culture programs. This thing is really uh, diverse. The 53rd annual meeting will also be climate neutral for the sixth consecutive year. Do you remember what happened last year? They, they had to bring out the generators because um, the solar and the wind wasn't cutting it. That was one of the dirty little secrets of Davos last year. The generators. Oh, what do you need for a generator? Yeah, you need fuel. More than likely diesel. For the sixth consecutive year, climate neutral. New initiatives to boost resource efficiency and reduce emissions will build on the forum's 2018 ISO 21, 2001-21 certification for sustainable event management. So there you go. This, you know, without getting too granular here, they're looking at a broken world. And Davos uh, has a plan to fix the broken world. And in many cases, it's they got their hands on the broken world. I mean, this this is this is how it works. Let's break it and build it back better. And that and it seems like this year they're going to really go into that that deep interface with business and um, educate and incentivize these corporations to carry out the plan. And that's that's really where we are, right? With with Pluto and Capricorn and Pluto and Aquarius, in 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 this we're on this cusp where we're you know where the corporate world, which has been ruled by Capricorn, in things like efficiency. And back in the day, you had to, um, as a company, you, you had to answer to your board members and your shareholders. So you had to show profitability. For better or worse, right? you had to show profitability. Well, that's out the door now. Because what's important now is inclusivity. We go from a shareholder economy to a stakeholder economy. And that's a very, very different algorithm. And we're, when we go into the stakeholder economy, we're moving into Aquarius. It's not just the people who sit on the board and who hold shares. Now, all of a sudden, somebody who may have a bone to pick with your company because you've made a semi-controversial hire, uh, you got to take them into account. And even though there may be a better candidate for a position, one more well-suited to perform the tasks and roles of that position in a, in a meritocratic society, there's a really good chance that you should not be hiring that candidate. You should be hiring somebody else who needs to get a chance. And that they may be the sixth or seventh most qualified candidate but they fit a profile. 
they fit a demographic. They fit a point on the ESG score. So therefore, they're a stakeholder. Not a shareholder, they're a stakeholder. And you as a corporation have a stake in the community that they supposedly represent. This is going to be the message. It already is the message. This will be the roadmap. This will be the plan. This will be the implementation. And I could easily see corporations being aggregated into kind of their own version of a new world order in a world without borders. That's Aquarian. That's, that's World Economic Forum, which is a group. It's a foundation. It's a group. It's a think tank. It's an Aquarian model. And it has risen to the top, of, literally of Europe, right? Risen to the top. And they're the ones that are drawing up the blueprint for the new world, which gets back to the legacy systems, like what happened with Southwest, what happened with um, the FAA. I would not be surprised if all that shit is just shut down at some point. They're like, you know what? These are very inefficient. They're causing too many problems. We're going to have to ground all of this. And when I say ground, I mean really ground. Like no air travel, no air travel. Where, where's it going to lead in terms of terrestrial travel? You have these legacy systems that run things like toll booths, right? And they may say, well, in order for us to get these systems up to speed, we need to shut them down. And then when we reboot these systems, it's going to be very different. Now, they can do this through some sort of a crisis, EMP plus whatever, right? They can do that. Or they could just have a series of events that get people to think about it, like what's happening now. It's like, well, these systems are dangerous. They're antiquated. They're out of date. We, we need to shut them down. So we're going to put a freeze on air travel for... It's almost always something manageable, right? Like the public can kind of go, oh, okay. It's going to take you 30 days to sort it all out. Okay. Well, six months later, right? 30 days goes to six months. I could, I could easily see this happening. You could kind of see the pattern here, right? It's starting to stack up a little bit. So, oh yeah, we have a whole new system now. Yeah. And guess what? It's tied to AI. It's tied to automation. Boy, it is just so streamlined. So streamlined. The minute you show up inside the terminal, you don't have to interact with a human. Yeah, all those lines of TSA, we've dealt with them too. Right. And whatever kind of filters they put on that, whether it's a social credit score. Um, and they can just determine quite easily who can travel, who can't travel. Easy, right? So you can cut out about maybe two thirds of the population. No, you're not traveling for whatever reason. And now you have a third of the population who can travel. Well, that makes things a lot easier, doesn't it? 
There's just less people to process. And then you have a new system that allows those people who've said yes or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. Shows here you were vaccinated. You know what that means? That means you're a good citizen. And you're not a threat. Right? Let's get that Q code. So automatically, you know, now the new system sorts everybody out. And that's how it becomes streamlined, right? And of course, whatever computer systems they'll bring on will be heavily AI dependent. And, and so this is where we are now. We're in this weird kind of flux between one world and one way of doing things. And this other world, which again, seems to be dictated by the marching orders of the World Economic Forum. But, you know, the best laid plans um, don't always manifest, especially during this time. Let's look at the Davos army, because that's really an interesting development here. I don't think they've had um, as many people, uh, as many guards, security, prior to um, Davos, prior to this year, Davos. So one of the one of the keys, oh, this is interesting. Let me bring this up here. There's their symbol. Doesn't that look like like the Pizzagate symbol? Like the trafficking symbol? It's just right off the top of my head. That's what I'm getting here. Uh, record number of heads of state and government to attend WF. So this is a huge year, right? They, they want This is where they want to bring everybody together and give them their marching orders. We already went through some of the roster there. Um, but let's get into the uh, the army side of this. Swiss army starts security deployment ahead of World Economic Forum. The Swiss armies began deploying in Davos, southeastern Switzerland, to support security for the upcoming World Economic Forum, January 16th through 20th. It notes that the Swiss parliament renewed approval for 5,000 members of the Swiss army to guarantee the security of some 3,000 WEF participants for the years 2022 to 2024. The high-level event attracts wealthy, high-profile business, political figures, yada, yada, yada. The Rwandan president, Paul Kagame, they just got to throw him in there, right? You got Trump. Gates, and Paul Kagame. Uh, Biden will not be there, but of course, Kerry will be. There may also be some protests against the event, as in the past, the town of Davos has received two requests for permission to demonstrate against WF. Town clerk Michael Straub told Swiss news agency Keystone SDA, one is from the socialist youth of Graubünden, which intends to demonstrate on January 15th in the town hall square. The other is from the strike WEF collective, which is organizing 
a march against capitalism, the climate crisis and global inequality, you would think that those people would be trying to snuggle up and have hot chocolate up there instead of protest. Um, so 5,000. Swiss Army knives. So I guess the Swiss Army does have Swiss Army knives. Let's see anything else on the... Uh... On the Swiss Army here. Let's see. <laughs> Some of these headlines are uh, nuts. Snowless. Well, that was from uh, the summertime. Anything else here? So I think what we'll do is we'll probably follow um, some of the World Economic Forum in real time. Soldiers, snipers, and security at Davos. Even Trump got the uh, Swiss Army security. Interesting. Oh, here's a Swiss Army duffel bag on Etsy. $175. Oh, too bad it's sold out. Okay, so this is what's happening. The largest contingent contingency of both uh, public, meaning government, and um, non-governmental organizations, NGOs, and private business assembling at Davos. Record number, 3,000 people getting ready to establish the plan put the plan into play in lots of protection. Okay, we have another case of vaccinitis. And I think in a lot of ways, um, this actual case of a fallen soldier is prop has probably led the Pentagon to rescind its demand that uh, the armed forces get vaccinated. So let me profile this person. With heavy hearts, we share the loss of a cadet. C3C Hunter Brown died Monday after suffering a medical emergency on his way to class. Our thoughts are with his family, friends, teammates, and fellow cadets. Dude was walking to class. He wasn't on a basketball court. He wasn't on a football field. He was walking to class.
you know, the numbers are adding up. The, the bodies are piling up. It's getting to the point where people can't unsee where this is going. And I got to say, right, if, if, you were, if you were vaccinated, uh, this is just me. If, if I had taken the jab, seeing what I'm seeing around me, I'd be freaking out. When you, when you look at some of the faces of the guys who were on the field to play, when uh, DeMar Hamlin went down, see the look on their faces? They're looking at each other like, holy shit. Is that going to happen to us? There is that floating around now. There is that sense of maybe impending doom. So if I were uh, jabbed and I had any sense of kind of awareness, um, I'd be very concerned. Very, very concerned. Uh, pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, Liam Hendricks, who I believe has gone on record as being vaccinated, now all of a sudden is dealing with cancer. That's the other side of this thing, right? Like it feels like it's going to get you two ways. It's going to get you here with the heart, right? A clot to the heart. Or if you have either uh, a history of cancer, which has been a remission, it could come back very aggressively. And we've seen this. We've seen this with people. And I don't know if Liam Hendricks had cancer at any point in time, but we're always warding off these um, free radicals and these pathogens. Like we're always warding them off with our immune system. But if the immune system is broken. Your body can't do that. So now these pathogens, these, these, these free radicals begin to do a number on your system and you have no defense against them now. So this is, this, this is the dark path. And 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 the and the uh, the deadly blowback for consenting. It's either going to be your ticker, or your body's going to consume itself vis-a-vis -vis cancer, which is really what happens. So we're entering into a very intense period of time, and. I talked a little bit about Saturn and Pisces today uh, with Albert Hoffman on the Astro Weather Show. But I also feel like it's going to have a major impact on this whole process around um, getting vaccinated.
like there was a reckoning. Saturn, Saturn in Pisces to me is real reckoning energy. Saturn, you know, is judgmental. Saturn judges, right? And it judges around all things that are Piscean, including things like drugs, injections, pharmaceuticals. Now, the pharmaceutical companies themselves, they're bulletproof. I think to date, there's been maybe two and a half million dollars paid out in some form of compensation in terms of vaccine related injuries since 20 late 2020. If I'm not mistaken, that's a paltry sum. An absolutely paltry sum, but they're pretty much bulletproof. I mean, Trump, they were already pretty much bulletproof before. Reagan you know, slept with Big Pharma and said, yeah, you're not going to be held responsible if any of your vaccines go south. We're, we're really immunizing you against any legal um, threat or liability. And as soon as that happened, boy, the vaccine schedule went through the roof, right? Instead of getting three a year, now all of a sudden you're, you're ramping up to like, you know, 40 by the time you're five years old or something. I don't know what it is, but it's insane. So there was already that layer of protection. But when the Emergency Authorization Act came into play, it was like double immunization. Trump clearly laid it out so that his warp speed partners would not suffer any kind of legal penalty whatsoever. So I don't know like how this is going to get sorted out. I'm assuming that what you'll see, whether or not they'll be able to get standing, I don't know. But I, I'm assuming what you'll see will be lawsuits um, against individual practitioners and quite, quite possibly medical groups. Say, for instance, like Kaiser or Seton. Right? I can see suits happening directly against the people that were responsible for administering um, big pharma's poison. That could happen. That could happen. But again, like that's part of the broken system too. And you know, Davos will be more than happy. The World Economic Forum will be more than happy. The WHO will be more than happy to come up with a global standard for all practitioners. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Well, we have the solution to that, right? And the only people, you know, who will be able to... Uh, to treat you will be people that will go through our WHO WEF training and certification. They're certified. 
And then they have, again, a whole nother layer of indemnification, right? But that's how I see the same beginnings to, you know, make a dent in the tomato can. People coming after practitioners, um, people coming after, again, groups like Seton Medical or Kaiser. That I, Because big pharma is bulletproof. They're bulletproof. Pfizer, forget it, you know. Johnson and Johnson, forget it. Those are those are Trump's buddies, anyways. They'll never see a day in court around any of this stuff. But this is going to be a big story. Moving, it's like the snowballs rolling down the hill. It's a big story, and it's it's not going to go away. Coming up here, you say goodbye to everybody because we're almost done. You got a bit of an active morning. You were on the uh, Astro Weather, and now you're. You took a little tour around the house, communicated with your outside cat buddy. Right? You had a good morning. Appreciate your help. What is today, Wednesday? Friday, we're going to have Quite Frankly on the show over on YouTube. I'm looking forward to that. I really like him. I think he does a great job. Um. You know, a lot of people at one point in time, myself included, and I know I've talked about, about this with John Levi, you know, had kind of a fantasy of doing um, a version of Art Bell late at night. And I think Jimmy Church is probably in line for being uh, George Norrie's replacement. But I would say, quite frankly, would be a great um option for a late night coast to coast style show i really really like him so he'll be on on friday and we'll find out more about him and his life and his perspective on life this friday over on the 11th house and um i think do i have anything else i want to say i think that's about it i don't have to stretch this out till 10 41 time to work. All right. I appreciate you all. Thank you all for being here. Um, thank you for your continued support. Uh, both whatever financially, if you're a member and um, just your goodwill, I really appreciate it. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to step when's possible. I'm wishing you all a very blessed day. I'm Robert Phoenix and for myself and Jasper. Bye for now.